Hello and welcome to Business Disability Forum's podcast. I'm Diane Lightfoot and I have the pleasure and the honour of being CEO of Business Disability Forum. I am delighted to welcome you to our very special podcast with the Shore Trust Power 100. I have a stellar lineup of guests with me today Claire Gray, Addie Latif, Natasha Trotman, Sam Renk, and Shani Danda. Hello to you all, and thank you for joining me today. To kick us off, I'm going to ask each of you to briefly introduce yourselves, who you are, and your connection with the Power 100. So, in no particular order, I'm going to start with Claire. Hi, Diane. Thank you. Yeah, I'm the organisational lead for disability advocacy at the Shore Trust Group um, and I have the pleasure of coordinating everything for the Power 100 list. It's a mighty task but it's uh, an honour actually to be able to do it um, and also to join events like this and to get to meet the people that are on the list. So thank you for inviting me today. Thank you for joining us, Claire. And having been a judge for the last uh, couple of years, I can attest to the amount of work that goes into it and the amount of entries. It is a huge, huge task compiling that list and whittling it down to the Power 100. So next, can I come to Addy? Hello, I'm Addy Latif and I am, I guess I'm pretty passionate about making the digital world user-friendly to um, people who are disabled. Um, I currently work for a charity called AbilityNet, which is a digital inclusion charity. And previously, I've, I've done various jobs from management consulting to um, being paid uh, as a blind snowboarder. <laughs> but um, I've currently settled in the world of digital uh, accessibility, and I had the pleasure and honour of, of um, being on the Shaw Trust um, Power List last year. Congratulations. Next, Natasha. Hello. Yes, I'm Natasha. Thank you for inviting me. It's really good to be here. I am what I like to call an equality designer and a researcher. I have many hats, but um, it's all underpinned by design thinking. And I'm an artist in residence at Somerset House. Uh, among other things, what motivates me is trying to use design to make change and to promote equity. Uh, my focus on uh, neurodivergence and uh, disability. Thank you. I, I said we had an illustrious lineup today. Next up, uh, Shani. Hi, uh, I'm Shani Danda and I am a disability specialist and entrepreneur. So I work with organisations to help them become more inclusive for their disabled employees and customers. I'm also the founder of several communities that serve underrepresented groups. Uh, and I'm really passionate about intersectionality and diversity in disability. Thank you, Shani. Intersectionality is, is definitely something that we have really started seeing coming up the agenda, which makes absolute sense, doesn't it? Because none of us none of us sit in one box. So we, we really should be having that whole person approach. And then last but not least for intros, Sam. Hi, I'm Samantha Rank. I am a broadcaster and disability rights activist, very much uh, like Natasha. I call myself a bit of a Dell boy. I've got many fingers in different pies. I like to say yes to pretty much everything and think, oh my goodness, how am I going to do that? And uh, figure out how to do it along the way. But um, I think I, I came into my activism and my advocacy role 
uh, when I became a trustee for the Brussels Bone Society in 2010. And, um, you know, now I suppose it's very much taken taken over my life in many ways. And, and, and because I have got a, a, you know, a very privileged platform in the sense of working regularly on television and in radio, I'm able to, you know, bring bring the voice of the disability community uh, in, in everything that I I try and do. So, so yeah, that's me in a nutshell. Well, thank you all. I love the Del Boy thing. So obviously this time next year, we'll all be millionaires, which is good to know. What brings you all together is you have all been in or are currently in the Power 100, if not indeed the top 10. So uh, Shani, what did making that list mean to you? How has it supported the work that you do? So yeah, I've been... Um very honoured to be featured in the power list for the last three years now but I I remember when I first came across the power list and I flipped through it I was like wow how amazing is this you know it's the representation that as disabled people ourselves we we all want we all want to see it but I have to say I was actually disappointed because of the lack of diversity that I saw from the people that featured in it and that has changed massively now, which I'm really happy about. So, so that that's how I actually first came across it. But it, it's it's a huge honour and a huge privilege to to feature part of the list, as you know. I know many people um, are considered and and are nominated. So for me personally, from seeing it as something that initially wasn't quite diverse to now seeing how how diverse it is and and actually how many people are being nominated from a wide variety of different walks of life is just fantastic. It's really good to hear that because I know that something that um, Sure Trust have really been trying to do is increase the diversity of the nominations so that it is properly representative of disabled people, as you say, from, from all walks of life. And that's partly why we're doing this podcast today, because we want to get the message out to as many people as possible to nominate so that it's it's not just kind of, you know, the, the usual suspects, if um, if I can put it like that. Sam? It's a funny one because whenever you talk about a list of people, there's always a bit of scepticism from from outsiders, maybe those who've never been on the list or maybe those, particularly non-disabled people. I think think there's a lot more for non-disabled people to celebrate their achievements. We're very uh, modest in that respect, I feel. We don't kind of sing about how fabulous we are and, you know, how, how, I don't want to use the word overcome challenges because that's naff. We don't. We're amazing individuals and we smash everything that we do. So I think the when I mention to people that I'm on this list, I'm sometimes met with a bit of like scepticism and a bit a little bit dismissive. But I think we shouldn't detract from the fact that it has definitely have helped me with regards to to my, my work, my awareness. It's definitely opened doors for me as a consultant. As Shani said, like, you know, there's obviously room for improvement like any any list and I think that just comes with over time the more you know people hear about it and also now social media uh, you know the likes of TikTok you know we see so many young disabled activists creating a very different narrative for themselves so I can only see the the powerless getting stronger over the years because we will be able to see all these amazing new young disabled talent you know kind of coming out and maybe these people have never been given a platform before so I'm excited to see where it's going to go. 
And what you said about overcoming barriers being naff is, is spot on. So we had loads of discussions when we were doing the judging about, okay, it, it's not about people being inspirational, which is also a very overused word, but about people having a platform which looks very different in different sectors and using that for good. So using that power and using it to advocate and raise awareness on behalf of other disabled people. And the other thing was it had to be current. So you have to be using that power and using it at the moment and sort of actively engaged, which um, all of you are in spades, really. So what did it what did it mean to you, Natasha? It meant a lot. I was I was honoured. I'm still honoured. And I, I think for someone like myself, you know, I've got multiple sort of marginalizations that I contend with so sometimes it it feels like I'm almost like straddling all these different worlds sometimes so it was really good to be acknowledged for you know forging ahead and trying to do some good with the skills that I do have and just to to shine some light on some of the the gaps in sort of how people sort of think about um, neurodivergence and disability within design because that is still quite a hot topic and it's still being contended with not just who you're designing for but who is doing the design so you know embodied embodied experience and and expertise it's it's an honor you know I just I, I my hope is that somebody who can sort of relate to to my my journey in any in any way they they would um take that it will help to galvanize them to also create some change yeah absolutely and and when i talked about having a platform it doesn't have to be a media platform does it it can be through through the job that you do through creating really inclusive products and services it's all different ways of influencing a different different kinds of power addy my focus is, has been digital accessibility because the digital world is for someone who is blind like myself um, and people with, with, with other disabilities is, is a powerful place of, um, you know, potentially can be more accessible than the physical world has ever been. So I find it really tragic when people, you know, create digital solutions and they're making these barriers that don't need to be there. So. So yeah, getting getting put on the list was incredible. Um, so it's a, it's a real privilege. And I think two two things I got from it really. One is the guilt. So I've taken the position of many other people I know that are much done much more than myself. So because of that guilt, it drives it's driv, dri- driven me harder um, to to make more of an impact since I got the awards. Uh, and secondly, just attending the awards, I found them hilarious for a start, but but more so just, just like learning about all the people that are out there making such massive impact, all the people on this podcast. And for a start, it's just been, it's been incredible. So um, I guess that that's what I got from it. Thank you, Addy. You are all more than deserving of being on this list. And uh, I said at the beginning that I was an illustrious company and I certainly am. We had a digital ceremony because of COVID and we're recording this on Teams because of COVID and our lives have changed in the last almost exactly a year, pretty much beyond recognition in, in that respect. So, so what have your experiences been like over the past year, Sam? I think for me, it's been a personal challenge because of my independence, but uh, for my campaigning, it's been a really 
it's been such a great opportunity to um, highlight how how amazing disabled people are and how that we have got a lot to offer and a lot of expertise and and this this is definitely the time to inter, you know interact and engage with with us around a year ago i was i was really prepared for member and partner organizations that we work with saying you know what there's too much on at the moment we're not we're not really prioritizing disability inclusion and obviously i would have tried to persuade them otherwise but that didn't happen the opposite happened and more businesses said actually we've realized that we can do things differently and we can recruit differently and actually open up jobs to a much wider range of people um not just people who need to work from home because of a disability but maybe because you know they work in a different country all sorts of different things the very practical points you raise around having a complete support infrastructure in place and then of course you know children as harbingers probably of all sorts of things and it's and it's and it's gone so yeah that does make complete sense does anybody else want to come in on that one? What's it What's it been like for you, Shani? Shani, then Addy. The last year has definitely been one of the, the hardest in terms of um, emotional and mental well-being and, and health. Uh, so it's coming up to a year, you know, a lot of us now will, will have been shielding. And I took every precaution possible and I still got COVID shielding. When you live with a condition, you know, when you have a diagnosis, you know what that's like, you know how to manage it, mostly, um, you know where to go for care. But then when you have a rare condition, and then a virus that nobody knows anything about, it, it just turns your world upside down. And um, so on the health front, that's been really, really difficult. But Equally, I've learned so much about myself and I feel an immense privilege in having a diagnosis for the condition that I was born with. And I've been really thinking about that in a way that I have never really thought about it before. But then in terms of work, um, it's been amazing to work remotely. I, th I think that when we first went into the, you know, the first lockdown, I feel that everyone thought the pandemic would be a, a, a be a bit of a leveler, but you know, just reflecting on Sam's point, you know, we've come to learn that they really haven't haven't been at all. And when we look at things like six out of ten deaths have been of those of disabled people, like I feel lucky to be alive. If I'm being truthfully honest, um, I know it could have been so different. So yeah, been supported immensely by uh, my employer, Virgin Media, by all of my clients that I work with as well. I just hope that we can take all of the good learnings, the empathy, the compassion, the fact that trusting their employees to work from home and actually it's not detrimental. People are actually more productive. I just hope we can take all of that good stuff, the good learnings, and we can carry that through. We had our annual conference in October and we, by that stage we thought it, it isn't exactly a great level, it's, it, but it's, it's the same storm but very different boats was sort of the analogy we used. Addy, how's it been for you? Because of the pandemic we were kind of thrust into this quantum leap um, in digital and um, you know as they say necessity is the mother of all inventions so a lot of things that people would have thought would be pretty impossible or we're not there yet um, became now you know became immediate and you know things changed and there's benefits um and drawbacks obviously to to the world becoming and, and needing to rely 
on digital so much um from a blind perspective for, for me you know to be able to do things online to be able to have information electronically for example even just going into a restaurant you know during during um the, over the last year when when the restaurants are open instead of having paper menus they had qr codes and you know for as a blind person i could just scan scan the code and then have the menu come up on my phone and then be able to read the menu to other people and it was quite ironic and you know, i'd read it to my sighted friends who weren't so okay with tech and it was uh, allowed me to kind of turn the tables around and so that's just one example um for, for other people i've got a friend who's got complex um access needs and he needs a public speaker and his opportunities to speak would be limited because the the physical facilities wouldn't be there you know the the um for, for him to attend venues and now he's able to speak from his home and all his needs are being met and, he, and he's doing many more um, gigs now with with his work and 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 so that clearly benefits to that. There's there's a friend who's hard of hearing and she, she used to struggle in in meetings at work, you know, and people used to sit around a meeting talk. It'd be hard for her to pick up what was happening. And now with things like auto captioning and things like Teams, for example, this inclusivity is just is just um, you know it's kind of baked in and it's and it's really good. Also, I mean, I guess the drawbacks for me uh, from a personal point of view is the lack of contact physical contact with people being in the same room hearing people breathe i know that sounds weird but um all sensory inputs are welcome when you you know when your dominant sense doesn't you know isn't working when your sight isn't working so it took me a long time to get you know comfortable using things like zoom and in teams uh, you know i deliver a lot of training and, and i do a lot of public speaking and it's and it's hard when you can't hear other people you don't know like if people have just walked off to make a couple of cup of tea or something and you're, and you're bringing focus to them when you're talking. So th there are there are many kind of drawbacks to it as well. One of the challenges with, with social distancing is it's hard when you can't see. <laughs> um, I even wrote a silly song about it. It's hard to social distance when your sight is non-existent. Um, you know, not being able to move out the way of other people. We were quite paranoid at the, at the beginning. And so, you know, if I'm walking towards someone, um, you know, I was scared in case I bump into them. I was also scared of catching, you know, the the virus. My brother had caught it and, and he had it pretty bad. So there was a lot of stuff going on. I think it's a little bit easier in this in the second lockdown. I've got a bit bit of a, a bubble and um, you know, it's it's yeah, it's much more manageable. I love the song. It's hard, <laughs> it's hard to social distance when your site is non existent. <laughs> So I, I think, yeah, that's amazing. But your your point around the, it being a digital pandemic, really, and when you said about flirting with digital, a year ago, Microsoft Teams was an annoying thing that popped up when I was trying to start my computer <laughs> and I would just wait for it to do its thing and then minimise it and then start Outlook, which is what I really wanted to have going. And of course, now we, now we live our lives on it. So it's great to hear some of some of those stories and about the tables being turned and the QR codes. I, I would have been one of the people having it having it read to me, Addy, because I have an ancient <laughs> phone and I'm useless. But, that is, but it is an interesting way of thinking about it. And I've, I sort of made me reflect on, you know, who's disabled now and in different in different contexts so claire can i come to you as um the brains behind the outfit and the only reason why you're not actually on the list is because you're on the judging panel and we agreed that that wasn't allowed why is the power 100 so important and, and why would you encourage uh, people to nominate 
Oh, thank you, Diane. I'm not on the panel anymore, disappointingly, because I um, organise it all. I'm not even allowed to do that. So um, <laughs> I just stay in the background. But, um, but you know, I, I'm honoured and privileged for what I do in terms of development of the Power 100 list. But I think, you know, Sam sort of said it very early on. What's so important about the Power 100 is you know, I'm a disabled person myself, and I think, you know, we are very down on ourselves quite a lot of the time um, because we're so used to fighting back in a normalised world and just coping and managing with everyday situations. We're not very good at giving ourselves credit for the things that we do and the changes that the Power 100 people have done, especially in terms of making life better for future generations of disabled people. You know, for younger disabled people, who do you aspire to when you're at school? If you want to become an artist, if you want to be a snowboarder, if you want to be, you know, uh, a trainer, an advocate, who do you aspire to? Because careers training isn't that great for disabled young people. You know, whilst we don't want to be inspirational, what we want to do is create action. And by creating action, we can all change the world and make it understand that unless everybody takes part, then we're not going to make the changes to enable everybody to have equality of opportunity. And that's what it's all about, is raising that profile. So what we want to do is make the list grow, make it more diverse, make it more representative of the people, not only that are visible in the media, but also the people that aren't visible yet, that are out in their communities making those changes. And through the digital age, through the digital um, you know, changes that we've all benefited from, are able to have now a voice and be a bit more visible. So we need everybody to get behind the list, make the examinations and make it truly the list to be on, which I think it is going to be. Well, I, I think anyone who doubted that will no longer be doubting it after the conversation that we, we have just had and are having. That was beautifully, uh, beautifully powerful, actually, as befits the Power 100, Claire, and the importance of role models and building and raising aspirations of young disabled people across all careers and all walks of life is so important. Your, your point about career um, guidance made me laugh. When I was at school, I mean, which was about 150 years ago, clearly, um, which is why I like podcasts, we had careers guidance and, and you went through a computer, got a printout, and mine said I should be a librarian. So anyway, I'll let you think about that one. Um, Natasha, I think you wanted to come in. Yes, yes, I did. I just wanted to share a little bit about my experience of um this this year us living living in in these uncertain times um this pandemic so as i mentioned before sometimes i feel like i'm straddling different worlds i have many hats and and one of one of the things i do um is i work with disabled uh young people and children and communicating what's happening to them yeah there's a it's a lot to to digest and process but at the same time it's also dealing with people that 
don't necessarily have an embodied experience of chronic illness or disability and challenging them or not adhering to the rules in in a what's meant to be a safe space can be a real a real challenge that's something very very real for me so for me it's given me the space to kind of living during this time it's given me the space to map out how can I use my skills to benefit others and also what's using up my spoons you know still being in contact with people on the ground uses my spoons but in a good way usually but at the same time I think digitally also it can use spoons because sometimes whole body listening is required and it's not always easy and so yeah and I I agree with the the what's been said by everyone else about you know the the pandemic being a a leveler but I also believe it's been a great revealer as well and and there's there are pros and cons and I still I think that what's been revealed is that there are different ways into for example meetings and things like that when I was told it was not possible possible So um, there's that. So it's revealed a lot. But also um, there's that digital divide as well. So not everybody's getting to uh, make the most of this, these changes that are happening. So that's still something that needs to be worked on. And in regards to design, um, when I'm out and about, I do find it challenging sometimes to navigate so I think that some good design habits need to be happening in in the stores especially to do with sort of adequate access through the doors like these contraptions they put outside um, I guess to help people that are non-disabled to line up I'm I'm not sure what's going on with the weird barriers Um, so so it's it's been a mixed bag for me I've tried to process it through my work, doing some good, making some change and asking the right questions and challenging people. And also uh, poetry is really helping me to to process stuff. Good. Well, I think I think mixed bag is probably a good way of describing it for everyone. And you've highlighted really brilliantly some of the unintended consequences, um, but also some of the benefits. I'm going to come to Sam. I just wanted to uh, add on to what Natasha was saying, and uh, very much for me, even though the pandemic has opened up a, a virtual world for a lot of us, when we've been told, you know, no, it's going to be too much of a faff to, to do Skype, etc., or work remotely, I've always made it a point, because a lot of people go, that must be amazing for a disabled person to be now, you know, uh, go working through this different medium. But also, we need to remember that just because we've got this new medium doesn't mean that we don't need to look at other access needs when we go back to quote-unquote normal. You know, this isn't a get-out-of-jail-free card, oh, you can just go on Zoom or we can just use Skype instead. You know, we also need to work, again, at making physical areas more accessible. Not good enough just to go, oh, you can watch a concert online. You know, so that's what's been my main point, that we need to get a really... you know a, a healthy balance between the two it is fantastic we're using online more i for me re- working remotely but we also need to look at physical spaces thank you <laughs> a- 
absolutely it, it's not a panacea also it's tiring so to come back to what natasha was saying if you don't know the concept of spoons correct me if i get this wrong natasha it's the idea that uh, that a spoon represents energy and you have a certain number per day, a finite number, and you need to choose where you allocate your spoons because you do not want to run out. Yeah, I just wanted to mention the point that, you know, there is a bit of an assumption that everything being digital is the fix-all for everything. Um, but it can only be the fix-all in a limited sense if accessibility is considered and making sure that accessibility fixtures and functions are built in to products and services to make sure that disabled people can access them. I'm, uh, you know, I'm speaking about that on a news item tonight in the local area, and there is a digital divide, and many disabled people fit into that divide. So it's really important to not just assume that because we're doing everything digitally now means that everybody's included. Absolutely right. And uh, if people want help in how to do that, I think um, some of the people, indeed everybody who is on this on this podcast today would be very well placed. So if you want anybody's details, then do get in touch. A plug for my amazing um, panel. So what would you say to somebody who is thinking about nominating? Shani. I would say put your application in or, or nominate whoever it is that you have in mind. It's amazing to just be part of the, the Shortest Power 100 community um, and you'll meet so many amazing people working on um, disability inclusion or not, or people that just happen to live with it, conditions or impairments. Do it. You just don't know what opportunities might come. Absolutely right. I will wrap up there. Thank you so much to my guests, Claire, Addy, Natasha, Sam and Shani, all for just being incredible speakers. So finally, of course, we are about promoting this year's Power 100 and nominations for the Disability Power 100 2021 are now open. This year, there is a new category called Community Action. So for the first time ever, you can nominate an organisation working to create greater inclusion as well as individuals. There is no limit to the number of nominations you can make. Uh, so nominate any person or organisation you can think deserves re recognition for their work towards a more inclusive world. And as everyone has said today, we want to make sure that the Disability Power 100 list is truly diverse for disability and across different sectors and industries and that can only be achieved by getting the largest widest possible um, number of nominations so good luck to the judges and the window for nominations closes on the 31st of March. I've also um, been asked to plug the fact that there are a limited number of sponsorship opportunities for the Power 100 event and publication. And surely anyone listening to this would want to have their brand associated with such um, an impressive and powerful group of individuals. So full details for nominations and more can be found on the Disability Power 100 website, which is disabilitypower100.com and then forward slash nominations for that bit. Um, so it just remains for me to uh, thank my guests again. Thank you all for tuning in. If you enjoyed our podcast, then head over to businessdisabilityforum.org.uk to find out more about our resources and services. 
why not give us a comment or rating on iTunes or tell a colleague or friend about us? And you can find other BDF podcasts on our Knowledge Hub at businessdisabilityforum.org.uk, on SoundCloud, iTunes, Acast or Spotify and look for Business Disability Forum podcasts and subscribe and then you'll never miss an episode. And obviously, please please feel free to sign up for our newsletter at businessdisabilityforum.org.uk. Thank you for listening. Speak to you on the next one.